just trying to catch a good time Even if it takes all night Pass that bottle around the campfire Sipping apple by the moonshine Yeah, we picking on them guitars Just right, everybody singing Dixie Land alive Like a barber on a wet line We just trying to catch a good time Welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am Efa Abeo. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is January 15th. We have had two weeks and a day inside of 2023. I have learned more in these two weeks and a day about myself and about things I've seen 
that I've did in a lifetime, in my 50-something years, I am 50-something, 50-something years I've learned. And let me share with you, but before I do that, I want to say, Grab a seat, cop a squat, get the chair, get a pillow, get a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something to drink, some water, some tea, some coffee, some juice, something cold, something hot. Hell, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. For real, get your drink on. So saddle up. First of all, <clears throat> the first lesson I learned is that we are so comfortable with that pretty little lie because we can't stand that ugly truth. That's the first. Baby, <clears throat> we love those pretty lies. The ugly truth hurts. Truth hurts on every occasion. But you know how you got to take that nasty-ass medicine? I don't know how y'all grew up, but I got to tell you how we grew up. That damn castrol and that Buckley's. Ah, oh, disgusting. Just thinking about it. That's just horrible. But baby, after one, two spoonfuls, <laughs> shit, tomorrow you up there doing backflips. But it's nasty going down, but it's good for you. You know how they say, might not, it's going to hurt, but it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I never forget how I learned this was when I started out making videos. My godmother and them, you know, they was there to support me by for my godfather and you know, I used to always be like, I don't need nobody for nothing. I pay my own bills. I do my own stuff. I don't need nobody for nothing. I got my own stuff. So when I went to go see my godmother, she was like, and she was that person, which is cool, right? She was like, um, I should punch you in your face. I said, why? What'd I do? She said, no, for real. I should, I should punch you in your face. I said, why? She said, you always on your videos saying you don't need nobody. You don't need nothing. And you pay your own stuff and you do all this. She said, so if that's the case, why are you fucking cash app up there? What? Wait, what? <laughs> I can laugh about it now. I was like, wait, what? Damn. And it was true. It was true. It wasn't pretty, but it was true. So either take the cash app down or stop saying that and find a new change. Well, baby, I sure did. I ain't take the cash app down. I ain't stupid. I found a new change. <laughs> I sure did. I stopped saying that. I did. You know, <laughs> thinking about it now, it's funny, but I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I'm not the type of person that don't, don't coddle me with a pretty fucking lie. If it's going to help me, elevate me, get me back in line, then tell me the goddamn truth. When I started on the spiritual journey, you know, I would give people a pedestal. And my good friend Barney, he said... Yo, how the fuck you can argue with people out in the street and you selling drugs, you doing all of this, but these people come because they, you feel they spiritual, you up, take their bullshit. He's like, yo, wake the fuck up, man up. Same goddamn block. Really, same people, different block. That's what he said. And I was like, damn. Then I sat back, looked around, and I was like, I know you lying. He is right. You damn right. Same people, different block. So I needed that. Right. And I know what some people are quick to say, and I, I don't excuse you from it. And I, I don't hold no, no kind of animosity or judge you for it. Can nobody tell me what to do? Oh my God. <clears throat> That's you. That's you. God bless you. It ain't me. I'm just sharing my experience. Right. 
Because I do stand under the banner, when you know better, you do better. Sister Mars Jackson made sure she inbounded that in me. When you know better, you do better. You know, uh, when I believed that here I was settling, um, being in a, a loveless marriage, um, living a life that was either going to get me fed time or put me under the jail, um, arguing with people, bickering people, you know, and then even after I got divorced, did I want to live in seclusion? Did I want to just put myself away from the world? Did I want to stay with this life of, I don't want to trust no one. And, you know, do I not want to be around people? And do I want to, you know, not share my story or hide from anything? Because even growing up in church, you can't have a testimony unless you go through a test. And that's real talk. So, Either I wanted to sit back and settle and let life pass me by, or I wanted to get out there and live life and enjoy it because you only get one. And on my father's deathbed, when he told me, and I take this to heart, I said, Pop, he said, no, I'm dying. He said, Bean, I'm dying. I said, no, you don't. He said, no, I am. He said, and I hope that the day that you get to lay here on this bed that you have no regrets. Not a one. Live your goddamn life. He said, I don't have a lot to leave you. But what I do leave you, go and live your fucking life. Fall in love. Experience heartbreak. Experience pain. <coughs> betrayal. Experience laughter, happiness. Go see the sunrise and set. Go and live your life. Find friends. Smile. Laugh. Dance. Do it all. He said, because when it's time for you to lay on this bed, you can't sit there and say, dog, I wish I would have. No. How I tell everybody when it's time for me to go, I want to show up drunk, late, and happy. Because I'm not trying to go there and say, damn, I wish I would have loved someone. Or I wish I would have did this. No. I can say I had a blast on this motherfucking planet. It served this purpose. It understood the assignment. So I had to learn. And that's why I don't have a problem with hearing the ugly truth. If it is to help me, uh, elevate me, inspire me, to sh get me in a better place, because you care enough. Because see, I, don't, I never trusted those friends that will stand out there and they'll see you with wrinkled clothes or they'll see you looking fucked up and they still want to sit and laugh and teehee with you. No, I love that friend to be like, girl, why you wearing that? That shit wrinkle. Take that shit off. Come here. I got an eye. So I can look good. You, you care enough about me. So I love those people. And shout out to every single one of them that said, hey, you want to get here? You need to do that. Work on this. Get rid of that and do that. Because these people are already established. I never wanted to sit in the bleachers and watch the race. I wanted to get in the race. You're fucking right. I wanted to get in the race. I'm not the bleacher person. I cheer other people on. I will do that. But God damn it, I already ran my race. <laughs> so when it's time, I want to cheer you on. But until then, this old horse got some race in her. And she's still going to be out there running this race. So I learned that. I learned that. People don't like that ugly truth. I learned that um, when you have a platform or you want to be out there and be this social presence, 
you got to understand that you influence a lot of people. So you got to stand on your word and you got to be careful what you're saying to people. Can't make people feel some kind of way. <coughs> Real talk. You, you can't. I also learned that some people don't need to be live. Some people don't. Some people don't. But it's not for me to judge. That's why I keep scrolling. Some people don't. Some folk don't. And, you know, you just say, wow, and you keep going. You know, to be honest, some people may say that about me. And matter of fact, a few of them did. I saw they texts and they screenshots. She don't need no fucking live. Why she doing live? Why she, why she doing a podcast? She sounds stupid. She sounds ignorant. And you're right. And you have, the, you have a right to those feelings. You really do. The same way I do. The same way I do. So kudos to you and myself. For both of us having an opinion. Because I also learned to piggyback off of that. That I'm not for everyone. I'm I'm good with everybody as long as I'm saying what they want to hear. But the first time I disagree, I'm I'm not shit. So I'm, I'm good with that too. Because I learned that. I learned that. Within these 15 days, I learned that. I'm good as long as I am kissing your ass and telling you what you want to hear. I'm the best thing since sliced bread. But the first time I step out on something... Uh-uh. Cancel. Cancel her. She needs to go. I don't want to be a part of her. No, no, no. And I'm good with that. I always say when people leave your life, it makes room for the people that's supposed to be there to come on in. I, I really believe that. When people leave, I, sayonara. You don't have to write me a long letter. You don't have to write me some long fucking paragraph of why you don't like me or why you're leaving. The same way you snuck your ass in, sneak your ass out. Be like Jesus. Come and go like a thief in the night. You ain't got to tell me. You don't. You really do not. You don't, you don't, you don't have to make up an excuse. You don't have to say your dog died. You don't have to say anything. Just go. It's okay. It's okay. I don't expect to be at the race in the end with you anyway. I know I'm there because I'm always bet on me. But I don't expect for the, the entourage to be there. I, and it's okay. I don't hate you. I'm not out to get you. I won't dog you out. None of that. You know, a good friend of mine told me, you're different. And I said, no, I'm, I'm your mirror. Put it like that. I'm not different. We are both the same. I'm just your mirror. A lot of my friend, Rach, you know, and when I was talking about it today, I, I thought about all the lessons I learned from her. Right. Rachel was always cool with so many people. But the first time she starts standing on her own, thinking outside of the box, those that are still stuck in the box got mad. And then Rach did something that was so amazing. She worked and did all of that. And she is she's the person that I, I balanced so much on to where nobody didn't know her move. You know, most people thought, well, when Rachel left from work, she went home and that was it. But Rachel was fixing her credit. Rachel was stacking her coins. And Rachel sent her family down to Arizona. And she told her parents, the first house you see, call me. The first house that you see that you like, call me. Here was a girl that was 24 or 25. Sent her parents down to Arizona because it was hotter. They didn't want to, she didn't want to have them suffer in another winter of New York. She said, the first house you see that you like, call me. 
And her mother and father went down to Arizona, and the first house they saw that they loved, that it was convenient, was in a beautiful neighborhood, they called Rachel. And she said, give me the person that's, you know, that showing you the house. And Rachel paid cash for her parents' house. Now that removed needs to be um, shown or told. That's one. When you think, if you assume I'm broke, bad, horrible, all of that, that's good. That's your possession. I ain't trying to change however you view me. But I'm definitely, when you see my rise, that's it. You can judge me all day. That's cool. Because like I said, I'm your mirror. So why are you judging me? In reality, you are judging yourself. And my good girlfriend, Rach, would always say, there's always room at the table of misery. And it's easier to pick, that's where I got that saying from. It's easy to pick up a magnifying glass. It's hard as hell to pick up a mirror. And that is fact. I don't care who you are. It's easy. You can pinpoint everything, diagnose, say whatever. Oh, she's going through this. She's trauma. She's this. It's easy to look at everybody else's shit. Hard as hell to look at your own. Hard. Hard pill to swallow. That's when you get the ugly truth. Because that beautiful lie sits well. So I had to learn that. I learned... That you got to have a thick skin in this world. People are going to say all manner of things against you, about you, to you. Got to have a thick skin. And then you got to prioritize. What do you want to entertain and what do you, what can you just walk away from? An old man, this beautiful elder, crowned Shango Kabosile for many years. He said, we don't have problems. I said, what? Yeah, oh yeah. He said, no. He said, because... We don't have problems if money or man can fix it. It's not a problem. He said, now you need to work on solutions. And I took that and ran with it. Because it's true. Try me if you want to. Because if money and man can fix it, it's not a problem. It's a solution. It's not a problem. Not a problem at all. But we get so focused and we use our trauma and we use our hurt. And it is true when they say that Matt, a lot of the people that have hurt, that have been hurt and that are hurting are the ones that will guide you and govern you. And this old do when it talks about who heals the healer. When today it is so true that what? I remember when I was sitting in the doctor's office and I once asked the doctor, Yo, who helps you? you I, so you do your own surgery? You do your own... He said, a physician can't heal themselves. He said, that's why I go to the doctors. I said, get out. He said, no, I do. He said, what? He said, I can't heal myself. That's, he's like, nah, nah. And that's true. That's true. I go to therapy. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I go to therapy. Because it is things that I had to battle with anger, animosity, just dealing with, you know, it plays on your mental a lot of things. I had my son when I was 14 going on 15. Don't think that you don't have to deal with life and not live in a childhood. Uh, you got to grow up. You, you, you laid in that bed and now you got to accept these responsibilities. But it messes with you mentally. You hear what nobody say. It does. When you have a child at a young age, it messes with you mentally. Why? Because you have to grow up. And you grow up before your time. And now you have to learn what life is before you even get to that point of experience in life. 
Because you overskipped all those years and went straight to shit, your masters. So you don't know the rules and the potholes and pitfalls and things that you should experience. You skipped over all that and went straight to your masters. So now you're in a class that you are not prepared for. You don't know the ins and outs. You don't know any of that. You don't know none of that. None of that. And you have to learn. And sometimes you got to go backwards in order to go frontwards. So I learned a lot of things over these 15 days about people as well as myself. I learned to stand on what I believe. I don't care if the whole room is against me. Doesn't matter. I'm going to stand on mine. I am. I learned that even in, because I've gained weight, right? I've gained a lot of weight. And it's really unhealthy. My body and, you know, the things and the, the, the sicknesses that I battle, my body can't hold weight, right? So losing weight is better for me. And I've learned that, you know, you put it off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised or nothing. And we sit there and yeah, you know, we have this new thing where you don't judge people by their bodies and they look beautiful and all that. But if you know you're unhealthy, then you ain't got no choice. Because <laughs> what's the use of you gaining everything and not being able to enjoy it? I've seen people like that. And that is the worst vision you ever want to see. And I pray that none of y'all get to see that. To have the finances and all of that, but due to sickness, you can't enjoy it. Who the fuck want to go to the beach? I'm being real. Who the fuck want to go to the beach and you can't put your toes in the sand and smell that good ocean water and all that and you on an oxygen fucking mask? No. But we make excuses because we live in this day and age of we don't we we can't say anything because if you do you're you're being canceled hence why i have a great respect for jason lee i really do i do and most people don't but i do i love the shit out of him why because we live in this culture where if you say something or i don't think the way you think cancel him cancel him. well jason lee stood up and said fuck y'all cancel me then cancel me and while they were sitting back trying to fight him he kept on going and look, he got his own show. So kudos, kudos for speaking your truth. And then that's the sad part. We teach people, speak your truth, you know, own your truth. Well, it works both ways. Because when you speak your truth, you can't stop or deny someone else from speaking theirs. So you can't get mad at them for doing something that you taught them to do and that you're doing. How the fuck you get mad? So listen. There was an incident one time in Home Depot. They were getting mad about, you know, somebody wanting to wear their MAGA hat. And it was like, no, no. So Home Depot said, look, our policy is no one can wear it. No one, you wear only our stuff. Well, they fought in court and they won. But then everybody thought of they want the battle. I get to wear my MAGA hat. Okay. That's, that's your belief, right? Okay. Well, that door also opened the way for everyone else to wear theirs. So now I can wear my hat of, you're wearing Magna. I can wear my hat. I don't like colored people. You can't stop me because why is your speech so better or more important than mine? So somebody came in and said, I don't like people of color. 
So when the people got mad, right, and they wrote uh, Home Depot, oh, they can't wear it. They said, this is what happens when you go against a rule. If you want to be able to voice your opinion, your views, and all of that, you, you're not the only one here. Everybody else has that right now. So you can't get mad at them neither. So I can't get mad at you for speaking your truth, but I'll be damned. You can't get mad at me either for speaking mine. So get with the program or do what everybody else do. If it don't apply to you or it's something you don't like, keep scrolling or don't listen. Very simple. Very simple. But I know that I'm not coming from a place of hate or animosity. I'm just sharing my, my version of my experience. I can't tell you something I ain't live or I ain't do. No. It's only hate when it's a lie. <laughs> so I ain't got time. But I also learned that uh, it's an emotional year. And people get very emotional. These past 15 days, man, everything you see is because she made me mad or he made me mad. Or they said this or they did this. And this traumatized me for this. And this triggered me. Okay. You know... Back in the day, and in more predominantly black, excuse me, communities, we do a lot of things. We are robbed, we are party, you know, we, we do a lot of things. But what we ain't gonna do is go into fucking school and shoot it up. Cause you know why? Them black mothers work their ass off at a job and don't you be down there embarrassing these people, embarrassing me in front of these people and I gotta take off from fucking work because your ass don't know how to act right and you will get your ass whooped. The person that gave you the gun gonna get whooped. The people that hyped you up that knew you had it and didn't tell gonna get whooped. Everybody and their mama gonna get whooped. Shit, the teacher that didn't call that knew about the plan from the other kid that snitched to her might get her ass whooped. So we ain't had time with that. But see, when the government took parents' rights away, no discipline, and real talk. I remember when they had the Black Summit and um, the presenter said that. She said <laughs> they took the they took <laughs> the rights away from parents, so the parents is scared of the kids and the teachers is scared of the kids, but the only one that ain't got no fear is the goddamn kids. And they sure don't. They don't. They do not. I remember being on Jamaica Avenue. And, and there's a reason why I'm saying this because I'm going to tell you the next lesson I learned. I was on Jamaica Avenue. They used to have the Starbucks right across from Old Navy, right there on Jamaica Avenue, right on the side of uh, 160. And there was kids used to always be standing out there waiting for the six bus. And the mother was walking through. She was walking through, right? Older lady. I want to say she had to be in her 60s, but she didn't have a, a cane. Right? She had to be in her 60s, right? Salt and pepper hair, but more salt than pepper. And I'm sitting, because, you know, you sit in Starbucks and you sit with the glass. So I'm sitting there, I'm drinking my chai tea latte. And the lady walked through. And the glass is thin. Like, the doors would be in and out. And Starbucks didn't have the music blasting. So you you assumed or you heard her say, excuse me, because it'd be so packed if you ever on Jamaica Avenue. So whatever the young girl felt like she wanted, but she, prior to, so let's go back because there's always 
more to a story. So while I was sitting there and I'm drinking, I'm looking in the, you know, looking out the window in the glass. Shorty walked up. The young girl walked up with her friends. She was arguing with everybody that was there, for real. Everybody that was on there, you just heard her. She was loud. She was banging on the glass. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, in my head, like, little heifer, you bang on this goddamn glass and it break. I swear I'm coming back from the dead to kill you. I'm serious, right? Because she's arguing with everybody. So she was already in her bag, put it like that. She was already in her emotions. So the mother, I want to say mother because she could be somebody's grandmother. You don't know. She walked in. She was walking through. And I assume, like everyone else, right, and the kids that were standing there, they was like, yo, she said, excuse me. Shorty turned around and cold clocked grandma, clocked grandma, bop, clocked her, punched her dead in her head. But see, what she wasn't expecting was for grandma to swing back. She clocked grandma, clocked the shit out of grandma, but she wasn't prepared for that ass whooping that grandma gave her. So that let me know, because I'm sitting there enjoying the whole show. I didn't get up. I didn't move. None of that. I'm watching this shit, right? Seriously. So the grandmother's fighting. The kids and everybody's around it. Like, yo, yo. You got people pulling out their phones. Now, Shorty is getting her ass whooped. Not gonna lie. Whoever grandma was, grandma had hands. Or maybe today was the day, right? Grandma didn't care. Her friends jumped in. So now you got three young girls fighting grandma, right? Now, I don't know if somebody was with grandma. I don't know because all I saw was grandma walk through. But then I saw after a few minutes in, three goddamn cars pull up. One pulled up on the sidewalk. They jumped out. You hitting my mama. And from there, it went left where I was no longer sitting at that window watching. I was getting my ass to the back because it was going to be a safe space because when I saw one of the sons, I saw the hammer on the side. And for those that don't know what a hammer is, it's a gun. So I got my happy ass up, went to the back of Starbucks in the back, and everybody else followed suit when we in the back. Now you see police and everything, and everybody, you had a few people go out on the stretcher, and you saw the three young girls that was beat to oblivion. And most of those people that went on the stresses probably those three young girls that would, had their ass whooped by the grandma and the brigade might have been because they fell because it was a crowd and it was a mob and it was all these people. And the reason why I'm telling you this, I also learned you don't know who knows who. You don't know who walks with who. You don't know who is who. Some people are mild and sweet and courteous. Because they already been through enough wars. And like I said, Shorty hit Grandma. She cold-cocked the shit out of Grandma. But Grandma turned around and she must have said, Today was the day if the words, nigga, try me and find out was a woman, it would have been Grandma. Because Grandma was definitely about that life. But when you saw her, Grandma had on, and I never forget, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold, right? So Grandma had on, like, the, you know, the long sweaters, that, you know, they're long, and she had her little shirt, you know, her little blouse, and her slacks, you know, her sneakers, her little, so grand, grandma had her hair out, you know, she had no wig on, grandma had her hair out, you know, nice curls and stuff, salt and pepper, grandma had her glasses, like, 
you know, I'm trying to get through and do get to where I'm going. And here it is. And maybe grandma might have been going through some things. Right? But let me walk through these babies because they here. And I understand you already know when you walk on Jamaica Avenue. You you bound to, excuse me, bumping into people. Hey, excuse me, pardon me, please. Excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. You know, like that. But Shorty was already in a funk. I learned that <laughs> your feet don't belong under every table. I learned that conversation and communication works wonders. I learned that. I learned that even family can be toxic and you can love them from a distance. I learned that cooler heads always prevail. I learned <laughs> that it's nothing like peace. I learned that I don't need to match energies because I'm not going to jump down from my heel chair to get in the mud with you. But I, I did learn that when it comes to relationships, it is relating to one another. I learned that you don't have to accept the disrespect. I learned that you can love people from a distance and live your life beautiful. I learned that you don't need to always go back. I learned that you don't need to make a story in your head and say what it is and find out from the other person because not all people think the same. I learned that we can agree to disagree respectfully and move on. I learned that you can take time for yourself. I learned that you are the parent and they are the children for a reason. But I understand that some of y'all may sit back and be like, no, my mother and them and never disrespect me. Well, baby. Let me tell you, it's not about the respect or disrespect. But if you want to take it from a Christian perspective, right? Because I'm going to come from all manners of it. If you want to take from a Christian perspective, it says, honor thy mother and thy father and their days will be long upon this earth. And if you come from a Santero, from an Ephah, it says to respect and honor thy mother and father. If you come from a Muslim way to respect, we don't have to agree. We don't have to sit there. You don't need to go low and call people bitches and out of their names and say, fuck you and bring up their dirt. No, bless you and move on. I don't need to entertain the circus because the only way I'm going to get there if I buy a ticket. I don't need to have a hot head and use whatever I feel and the traumas in the past that I went through and put it or reflect it on someone else to try to bully them into thinking the way I want to think. But I know that, baby, I learned that when you know your worth, <laughs> it's hard to sit in a room full of confused people. I tell you that. When you know who you are and you know your worth, to the room, you'll sound like an idiot. You will because you don't fit in. And we have been too long sitting in rooms that we have outgrown. I've learned that. I've learned that we have been sitting in rooms that we have outgrown. We don't need to be in those rooms no more. Why are we there? Let, let the line that's outside waiting to get in for their turn come in and take space and you move on. I've learned that. But we get fearful. We settle. We don't want to leave. We want to micromanage everybody that's in the room. They, they, let them experience. You already experienced that. And the reason why I learned that, <laughs> you know, side note, all the things that you go through in this life, there's a reason for it. And it's really to prepare you for the next level that you are going to. Because you're going to need these experiences and these reminders. 
But we shortchange ourselves and we stifle our growth when we refuse to move. A plane can't land on a runway that's crowded. You got to remove all that shit. So, anyway, <laughs> my sister-in-law and me, you know, we raised our children. Our children have children. So, I remember coming up there and visiting her. And she said, you know, I'm going to take my grandson. I'm looking like, why? Your, your daughter is in trouble. She's in pain. She got to go somewhere. Why are you raising her kid? Because she can't do it. Excuse me? I said, is the child healthy or broken or something? No, no. So why, why do you want him? What, 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 what are you, what are you trying to prove? What, I'm confused here. <sighs> she, you know, I always wanted a son and she has a son. And I don't think she's going to raise him right. Um, hi, I know you lying. We raise these children to the best of our ability. We sacrifice. We taught them everything that we knew. And maybe allowed for other people to point to them. Unless she is showing you that she can't raise her child. And I know she ain't. Let that child move and take her child with her. This is your time for you to party and travel and fall in love and do all of that. Because she had left my brother. And live your life. Can't do that with a baby on your hip, my love. Time for you to enjoy you. But see, my sister-in-law was scared to take that next leap. So she stayed in the room for a few years that everybody else now was younger. You already been there, done that. Why are you still here? So when I asked her, I said, you tired? She was like, you know, it's always the same thing. It only changes when you change my love. So when she took that leap to go out, she went on a first cruise. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed the freedom. I said, now, just imagine if you would have had your grandson with you. You wouldn't have had that much fun because now you got to monitor a kid. You got to go over there and take care of him. You got to do this, do that, go to doctor visits, go up to school. Why? We already did that. God damn it, we free. Let's go be free, honey. And she does say that. She said, that was the greatest decision that you helped me to make because I sure wouldn't have enjoyed it. No, you wouldn't have. Now she's free. She got a whole house to herself. She can come and go as she please. She can travel. She can do whatever she wants. She ain't got to worry about nobody because her children are grown and her grandkids are big. So I know you lying. I babysit when I want to, not because I have to. And it's beautiful to get to a place like that. You know... When someone said, hey, you know, um, are you booked for readings? I said, no, I'm not. And she was like, oh, well, you know, can I get a read? I said, oh, I'm not reading today. Unless it's an emergency, I'm not reading today. She was like, but I, I thought, you know, because, you know, readers, y'all got to read, right? I said, you know what? I'm at a place. And when I say this, it's not bragging. So if your ears hear this as bragging, you know, I'm, I'm not the person for you to follow. I said, but I'm at a place that if I don't want to read, I don't have to, and I'm still good. I like to have a choice, not to have a responsibility, and I have to do it because this, I need it. If I don't have to do it, I'm still at peace. I'm still good. My bills are still paid. I'm okay. But I had to get there. 
And you know, I had this conversation with my son and he said, get off my phone. You're bragging. I said, no, I'm not. If you're hearing it from bragging ears, then with bragging ears, then it's you that has the problem. I'm telling you, I'm finally at a place to say, but once again, if you're in a room full of people, and it's no shade to my son, so don't get it twisted. But if you're in a room full of people that don't know their worth, you, my love, will look like the fool. You look like the one that's broken. Not them. Not them. The opposite was with me. I was in a room full of people that knew their worth, and I didn't know mine. Right? Now, you have a choice. You have a few choices. You can either survey the room, learn, do better, make adjustments, revamp, change perspective, heal, do all of that to belong in that room. You can leave. You can get mad at everybody and start a war. You, you can do a plethora of things. It is your choice. I choose the first. I changed. I worked on myself. Started healing. In the process of all that. But the biggest part that I had to learn to deal with, two of them, was taking accountability for the shit I did and taking constructive criticism because we all ain't built like that. And I knew for a long time I wasn't. You couldn't tell me shit. What? Don't tell me a fucking thing. I, I, I know who I am. But I didn't. I have a clue. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. I didn't fit in. I stayed with a whole bunch of people where we was trauma bonding. Long as they went through something, I'm feeling it. I went through it. Now we friends. But the first time somebody here, we ain't friends no more. Now what? Oh, no. Fuck that bitch. You know? I don't want to be bothered with her. I don't fuck with her. You, well, when that saying is true, you can't fuck with her. Because she's on a healing journey. You knew the broken part of her. You, know, you don't know this healed version of her. <laughs> oh. And you, you stay stuck in recycled relationships. You stay stuck in recycled problems and issues that constantly repeat themselves. The young brother, Shady Moss, <laughs> he did a, a video. And man, so many people tried to come at that young brother. He said, I don't care who it is. They could be high up. They could be established. They can have credentials, all of that. He said, some of them are just as broken as the very fucking thing. We can mask our pain. We can go out here in front, but that mask always falls off. That shit always shows its ugly head. For real. For real. So this year it talks about who heals the healer. Because the healer can't heal himself. I've learned a lot in 15 days. I've learned that sometimes you got to look in your own mirror and see your own shit. And trust me, <laughs> when you start seeing who you are, picture ain't pretty. It's not. But you can't dwell there also. Because sometimes we do. We see the ugliness and we get so hard on ourselves. We become our own worst critics and we just, you know, we want to be depressed and all of that. But you can't dwell there. You see the image? Fix it. Change it. That's the ability. That's the beauty of everything. You have the ability to change it. If you want better, you will do better. You will change. You're not a tree. You're not planted. You can do better. 
We all start off great in January. Oh my God, everybody and their mother. They make all of these goddamn goals and all of this commitments and all of that. And then when May come, all that shit is in the wind. Really, some of them after February or March. Some of them don't even make it out of January. It's just the fuck it, I fucked up. Now, never mind, girl. I'm going to go back to what I was used to doing. This is why I don't change. Like, you have all that. For real. But then when October come, I can't take it no more. Oh, my God, I got to change my life. I got to do this. There's no discipline. Is when do you invest in yourself, like truly invest in yourself? Because see, when you invest in yourself, you make sacrifices. You do the shit that's going to scare you and make you uncomfortable. That's going to make you look at the world and say, well, damn, who in this motherfucker loved me? Because y'all saw me being raggedy out here and no one said anything. What kind of friends are y'all? Fuck. And the world sit back and say, we was telling you, <laughs> you just wasn't hearing us. And you go, what? When? And here it is, bits and pieces of all the shit that the world was giving you as examples. Showing you. And you with your happy-go-lucky asses walking through the woods with your nose in the air, thinking you better than anybody else, not knowing that you was walking in shit. Because you was, yes, what, what my girl say, Jennifer Lewis say, you sit around shit long enough, it loses smell. And that is true. But we do. We do. And like I said, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I learned it. Was it easy? Nah. It's never easy looking in the mirror. It's never easy. Because whatever I saw and whatever I learned, I was that too. Real talk. I was that too. Whatever it was. Ain't gonna show you some shit you ain't you never seen or heard. Nah, you you had access to it too. I did. I know what it feels to trauma bond. I know what it feels to settle. Man, I used to be three hundred and eighty pounds. Three hundred and eighty pounds. I would crack jokes on myself so nobody else would make me feel inadequate. I would, you know, come in the fat bitches here, all that, all that, you know, and I would try to meet people and talk to people and you know. Listen, at the end of the day, everybody want to fuck a fat bitch. Trust me. Trust me on that. And I would. I would I would do all of these things. And man, I remember if you ever went to West 4th Street or you go to Fifth Avenue and you got to walk up them goddamn stairs. The elevator and the escalator was out. I was like, Lord, shoot me. <laughs> I was so out of fucking breath, man. I just thought the world was going to end. I got up at the top. I drank me some cold drink. I said, fuck this. Couldn't turn around, though. I had to keep going where I was going. But I was like, shh. So I understand. I understand. Understand a lot. Understand of being on alive and begging and talking bullshit and you know, disrespecting people, being a bully. I understood that too. I understood all of that because I look back. I believe, you know, in certain parts of your life that God or the world or the universe show you who you were and who you become. Because in order to know your worth. <laughs> You got to know what you purchased. 
And is it worth it? And I will say, this day, it was worth it. Every ounce of pain and everything that went about it, it was worth it. It was. I will say that. It was worth it. And I'm grateful. Even if you're going through the dog days now, it may not seem so great. But baby, every darkness has a light at the end. Every storm runs out of rain. <laughs> every dark day will turn to a better day and much brighter. So nothing lasts forever. As I tell people, I remember someone said, oh, I'm going to hate you forever. I said, child, but forever belongs to God. It don't belong to man. So I ain't worried about it. You have a good day, honey. I love you. And I walked away. And six months later, oh, my God, Ibabeo, I love you. <laughs> See, I told you, forever don't belong to man. It belongs to God. I don't know why we keep on trying to take his words <laughs> and do his job. <laughs> Woo! I, and when I think of that, I think of when I was sitting on the step one time and I told my mother, I said, I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to have a husband, a house. This is my plan. And my mother bust out laughing. I said, what you laughing at? She said, child, you want to make God laugh? Laugh like this. Tell God your plan. Don't tell me. Tell God. I said, what? Who would have thought all the shit I went through, all the things I did, getting arrested and everything else, traveling and being here to teach people, to connect to people, none of that. Last night, <laughs> so I could share with y'all, right? So <clears throat> I want to say seven years ago, right? Because I've been six, seven, seven years ago. It's been seven, almost eight, right? I was um, I was with then my godfather, Angel. And I was, um, I was working with him. And we met. He introduced me to his friend, Cesar Valentino. And, you know, they was talking and everything. And he was like, you know, who's her crown? He was like, um, he said, no one her. It wants to. So I had to be a little over seven years. He said, no one her. She wants it to be Oshun. And he's like, who you think her father is? And Angel was like, oh, it might be a Legua or Shango Kabosi. Like, Caesar said, no, nah, Ogun is her father. And Angel was like, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't. So as time went on, you know, I've always had a great love for for Caesar. And he did something so amazing. He referred me to Fox 5, you know, to do readings and stuff like that. Well, I didn't get the job. I didn't because I didn't have enough video and enough lives and enough online presence, right? Because I had maybe about, no lie, like maybe about, 27 friends and maybe like eight followers. So I didn't have enough, you know, online presence. So I didn't get the job. But the dude did give me a, some beautiful advice. He said, start doing more videos. Start being more, you know, online presence. He said, and then people will start noticing you. He said, right now you're a newbie. He said, which the reading was on point because I did have to read him. He was like, nah, the reading was on point. He said, but no one knows who you are. So in order for us to ever reach out or someone to reach out, you got to have an online presence. Okay. 
Well, when I was telling my friends, they was like, oh, he's just jealous and all that. But I didn't take it as that. I took it as, he's right. I need an online presence. I can't take advice for someone that never did something. I can take advice for those people that did it, accomplished it, and made it. Now them, yeah, I'm going to take advice for them because they already did it. I can't take advice for You can't tell me how to live a life and all you do is sit on the couch. Like, that don't make sense to me. You can't tell me how to run a business and you never ran one. You can't tell me how to do something if you never experienced it or you haven't been successful in it. You can't tell me about that, right? So, anyway, long story short. So, as I've started building up and stuff, right, I still got doors closed on me. Ah! Uh, so I'm like, what am I doing? God, so you know how you pray and everything. You be like, God, just show me what I'm doing right. You know, I'm, I'm out here. I'm grinding. I'm going up to places. I'm putting this out. I'm putting content out. I'm doing all this. So when I looked up, okay, my numbers is up. Why I'm not? I got 15,000 on this one, 50,000 on this one, 14,000 on this one. I got nine, almost a thousand over here. So people are seeing me. So what am I not getting? Hmm. <laughs> When you ask for something, be prepared and have the strength to take the answer. Oh, well, the people that you are associated with, <laughs> they're not good. What? What? No, no, they're great. Screenshots, audios, videos, all of that is amazing. One girl wrote me, she said, you hyping these people up and they always using your name. You know, they took $50,000 from me and she's showing receipts and all that. I'm like, wow, damn. Then I had one girl, she was like, yeah, you running around with this person. You know, this person is fucking a sexual predator. Every time they read somebody, they send in their body shots and all of that. Then it was, you hyping this person up and they doing this. So you with this person and no one ever, you see all the stuff they do. And you're, they bullying people and adding your name. And look, this person is doing this and this person is robbing this and this person is doing I'm like, God damn. So... If it's one, two people, okay, might be hating. But when it's over six or more, and they got screenshots, they got receipts, as we say, proof. Now it's, hold on, wait. Let me revamp this. Let me let me start looking at this. I'm, I'm sitting here telling people, you know, if you can't help them, don't hurt them. And these motherfuckers behind the door <laughs> hurting people. So, huh. How do I step away from the crowd? How do you branch out on your own? Because it's scary. It is. I ain't going to lie to you. It's scary. It's scary to go and do your own thing. Because you think in your head that these people support you. But in reality, you've been stepping out by yourself from day one. <laughs> they ain't even been on your level. But we don't see that. So when I did step away and revamped and had to rebrand and redo... Then people say, hey, so last night I had a whole interview from, a Cal from California, from a student, a school. And I was like, wow. And it was. I've had screen auditions. I've been speaking to so many people. I've catched the, the momentum and the vibe of different stars and different established authors. And have been offered opportunities. So, it is. When you change. It is scary. It is fearful. But what did I just say before earlier? When you have outgrown the room. And it's time for you to move. 
Not only do you let fresh energy in, but as you move into a new room, you become the fresh energy and that room get filled up with those things that are meant to help you to get to the next level. But we stifle our learning and our ability to heal and everything else when we stay stuck in a room that we have outgrown. Yeah, I love my day ones, but I'm like young and May. What those day ones doing? How, what are they bringing to the goddamn table? What are they bringing to the building? Nothing. Then I'm going to leave those day ones right there and I'm going to keep going. Fear is what should motivate you. Because fear is forced energy appearing real. You make it real. Fear is should be your, your, your engine, your, your gas to power you up so you can go to challenge yourself. I told y'all before and I'm always saying it's January. We still got a few more days in. Write down at least... 30 to 300 things that you want to do, that you want God to bless in your life before December 31st. Just write it. Write it. Yeah, we can got vision boards, but it's better when you write it. When you write it. Because now you're seeing it and you're visioning it and you're writing it and you're saying it as you're writing it. And it'll manifest itself through the whole year. And this is seven. Seven is the number of manifestations. 30 to 300. Things that you want God to do in your life before December 31st of 2023. And when you put the and put it up somewhere where you can see it. You put it in the bathroom, put it on the refrigerator, in the kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever it is. You put it up there. And when December 31st come around, check off all those things that you did. See how far you came. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, y'all, that's the work for the week that we're going to do. I challenge you now to write before January 31st to write down either 30 to 300 things you want God to do in your life before December 31st, 2023. And hang it up somewhere so it'll be a constant reminder. Even if you move. Fold it up, put it in a beautiful envelope, and wherever you move, that's the first thing you hang on the wall. Hang it up. I don't care if you might find yourself in a shelter. Hang it up. This wall's there. Hang it up. Take it with you wherever you go. If you're moving and you don't have a steady place, take it and put it up there as a reminder. But that's your challenge. We're going to start this year off with wonderful great things and there's no judgment and we're going to come together and work as a family as a unity as a community because that's the only thing that's going to get us through this year is leaning on one another but not unhealthy things no 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 if these people are horrible or whatever why would you go there to get help from them they don't like you don't we ain't gonna do that the same energy they showed you in 2022 you better don't get amnesia because now you in 2023 no uh-uh forgiveness is for you and move on with your life. Stop sitting in rooms that you have outgrown. Seriously. There's no more doing that. I learned some beautiful lessons in these 15 days. I shared them with you. And now it's time for you to move on out that room. And allow those people to come in and experience what you already have. And you go on to the next room. Challenge yourself. It's scary. It's different. But you can do it. You can do it. You can do it, baby. I believe in you. I love you. I have faith in you. And as always, it's been a plum-pleasing pleasure. 
This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying, get out that damn room. It's no longer for you.